1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and
2: situations. You need your best players to be the best people on your team. He's definitely one of them. Love spending time with him. Love just watching him. I mean, there's at least one time of practice he does something. He kind of looking back at Todd and Hack and Rob. I was looking back on, wow. Uh, at some point, you know, possibly uh, the best corner and the best receiver in the NFL uh, is a legit possibility. I think for those two guys, maybe not this upcoming year. I still think Devontae is in you know, a league of his own. But uh, but those two kids are so talented. But I want to see just more communication between with the whole team that's how we take the next step is to to talk about the things that give us the most issues uh to talk about release issues and also what's hard on Garrett and then sauce you know telling Garrett what's hard on him so but I think right now we got good communication with those guys they battle they compete
1: Aaron Rodgers choosing words carefully doesn't want to excessively praise new receiver Garrett Wilson so that people would think he no longer regards Devontae Adams as such a great receiver, so he threw that in there. But well, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, both rookies of the year last year, offensive and defensive, and Rodgers sees the possibility they could be the best two at their position in the NFL.
3: Yeah, they're they're pretty special. We know that. And they listen, I think he's right. See that that's where Rodgers is cool though, too. You know, even though Devontae Adams, you know, took some shots about going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer and all that kind of crap, all whatever. Right, he's he's still aware of how great Devonte is. He gives him his credit. He knows Garrett Wilson's not there yet, so he doesn't want to give him that praise. But man, Wilson's one of those guys, route runner, explosive. We know what Sauce Gardner is. He shut down island corner. I mean, the Jets got a ton of talent, like we talked about. Uh, they're dangerous. They are, and it sounds like they got some mojo going on there. Anybody you talk to around that team, in the media, whatever there's definitely positive vibes. I know we got to see it on the football field, but Aaron Rodgers has definitely lifted that building in a, like we've talked about with a lot of great quarterbacks. When they're in the locker room, they just go, wait, he's here. We can win. And he's, I think, had that effect on the Jets uh, already.
1: But I also do think at a certain level, Aaron Rodgers has really thrown himself into everything, and he's trying to create the impression for the folks in Green Bay that, I'm happy. Yeah, sure. I'm happy to not sure. be there. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. The best revenge is living well. And here I am doing all this stuff. I'm at and the Tony's, baby. And everybody appreciates <laughs> me. And, you know, they're going to listen to me. I still would love to know the whole story on how mandatory minicamp got canceled. I have a feeling that a question was asked at a minimum by Aaron Rodgers about why we need this since we're showing up early for the start of training camp, we play in the Hall of Fame game, and that's a way to curry favor with the players, but it also shows the power that he can have. And remember, he's still holding over them how they're going to restructure his contract. Right now, he's on the books for the lowest possible amount, the veteran minimum salary, that $58.3 million guaranteed option bonus that he was due to make this year got pushed to next year because even though he hates the Packers, he did a favor for them cap-wise on the way out the door. But they still have to work this thing out how much comes back to this year how are they going to strike this balance is he maybe going to take less than the 108 million he's due to make over the next two years until that's resolved that does give him an extra layer of influence because they're going to tiptoe around him even more because they stand to save some money if he decides I love it here so much you know what let's take that 108 let's make it 85 that's an extreme reduction. Let's make it ninety-five. Whatever it is, every dollar they save is money they can spend on other players. So there's reason for them. It's all new, but also this contract thing. All the more reason for the Jets to make sure they're doing everything in their power to make and keep Aaron Rodgers happy.
3: Yeah, I, I you know, I, I don't. I'm not going to disagree with anything you said there. You know, they 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 traded the farm for the guy. He's the man. They needed to, you know. They needed a a king or, you know, a a superstar to come to town to try to save this thing. So, yeah, they are going to be, you know, delicate and tiptoe, you know, one, because of what you're saying and two, because they know he's freaking awesome and they want him to feel good so they can, he can lead their team in an awesome way too. So there's a lot that goes into that for sure. But yeah, Rodgers definitely got a little power and and something over them here. It's nice to see the player have that over the team every now and then.
1: By the way, before we go any farther, somebody put this in all caps in the uh, document we share, and, and uh, I, I, can't, I can't let this go. Apparently, Rogers said in his press conference last week that he was stuck in New Jersey, New York, for a few extra days because his flights took the mandatory minicamp into account. This is the way to throw dirt on the idea that he had anything to do with the cancellation of the mandatory minicamp. And I'm sorry, Chris, when you have that kind of money— What flights do you have to take into account? You pick up your phone, assuming you're not at home and you have no cell service, and you call someone and say, I want to fly home. Take that down. That's not a conspiracy, that's a fact. Rich people don't have to take the
3: flight right. schedule
1: into account. yeah
3: Rich people make a phone call and the plane's waiting for well, them. you're rich and you take things into account about money all the time. So don't tell me about his richness and what he does. I'm not Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I'm not Aaron Rodgers rich. You're all right, right we'll move
1: on. We'll move on. Uh, okay. Oh, you didn't let like, you
3: not <laughs> yeah. let us go down that road? You want to like that? You want to change the subject? Matt now, Casey huh? says let's move on. Oh no, I don't think he did. I think let's he laughed. I heard out. a little gi- I heard a little giggle in my ear. <laughs> he
1: left. He laughed and he said let's move <laughs> on. I hey, will say though, with
3: Rogers in that situation, I'm sure he had some say. Listen, minicamp though, I do think like it's it's minicamp is just another three OTAs, but there's an extra hour of work. It's no big deal. I think Salah, like a lot of the guys, when we talked about. They they push the limits in practice. They're aggressive, and they get to a point at the end, too, where, hey, Rodgers might have said, hey, we're good or whatever. Who knows what he said? I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I don't think it was like they were definitely going to have practice, and then Rodgers walked in and was like, I don't think we should have it. And they were like, okay, we'll listen to you. I think they were probably kicking around that idea a little bit. And like we talked about, they're one of those teams like the 49ers. It's psychos. So they get to the end of OTAs and stuff, and they're just like, Okay, we made it. We made it. It was all gas, no brakes, and we made it, and nobody's hurt, so let's just get to the training camp. And I, I think there's a, a real legitimacy to the, to that.
1: It is hard, though, to sell all gas, no brakes when you slam on the brakes and cancel <laughs> yeah, the yeah. mandatory mini right. camp. I mean, you may want to revise <laughs> your saying a little bit if you are all gas, no brakes. Okay, so back to Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. What's the trajectory for these two? They start off great, rookies of the year, respectively. I feel like Gardner's got the higher ceiling like Wilson's still going to be great, but there's so many other great receivers out there. It's going to be hard for him to be in that Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Tyree kill territory. I feel like Gardner is going to be the best corner in football by the end of this year. If not sooner. He,
3: he there, I, I I, don't think you can, I, I think you could put Garrett Wilson maybe in that conversation too. Right. Sauce, I would say probably has an advantage. I would think, but I, listen, I don't think, I think most people, I know most people around football definitely think sauce Gardner, You know Patrick Sertain, right? Trayvon Diggs in Dallas. I'm missing a few others here and there. Jair Alexander are all in that conversation for top four, top five uh, cover corners in all of football. There's no question. You're right. I think he's there. I think most people probably look at it and go, oh, him or Patrick Sertain right now in the NFL are the two like right now lockdown island corners. Garrett Wilson though. Right offense, right system. He certainly exceeded my expectations of what I th- thought he could be coming out of Ohio State. He could be a guy in this offense that leads the NFL in receiving yards and has a lot of wow plays, too. So these are two guys that, you know, they could be offensive-defensive player of the year, too. Forget offensive-rookie-defensive rookie of the year. They could They could also, you know, continue this as they go.
1: Well... Boy, that would be something. And if Garrett Wilson would have the kind of production to make him in the running for Offensive Player of the Year, you know who's MVP for the fifth time in his career. It would be Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Okay. Let's have a – yeah, you may have to – you haven't haven't sang that song. I know. Wow, you dropped him all the way to number eight (laughs) on your top 40 quarterback rankings, (laughs) and I guarantee you he is very well aware of that. All right, pop-up draft time. The best receiver corner teammates now – must see TV at practice when number one corner is covering number one receiver. Who do you got?
3: All right, I th- I think Ben, there- I'd go to Miami right away, and it's a little bit like who do you want to pick here? Okay, I'm gonna go with Tyreek Hill versus Xavier Howard. Uh, you know, I know Jalen Ramsey's there, and he's really good. I don't think Jalen Ramsey's as good a cover corner as Xavier Howard. There's no disrespect there. All right. Uh, for anybody, Quandre Diggs, don't get mad at me on social media or anybody like that. I still think Jalen Ramsey's really good. But yeah, Xavier Howard, Tyreek Hill, every day. I mean, Xavier Howard's been that guy you're talking about with Sauce Gardner. It's been lockdown, it's been island, it's been, you know, one of those where some of the grading sites don't give him the respect he does, right? Because, like, we talk about all the time, it's like, oh, yeah, cover this guy who runs 4 3 all over the field, and we just expect you to stop him. They put a lot on his plate, but, man, him versus Tyreek Hill in practice every day, I think that'd be a damn good show.
1: I still think because of that Jalen Ramsey reputation. You'd rather see that? Because I had Tyreek. I had Tyreek and Jalen. Yeah, got you. And and I don't – I like, I mean, we do have these thoughts from time to time because, you know, in the Super Bowl against the Bengals, it wasn't the – yeah. He fell down on the what would have been the game winning play. Aaron Donald saved him from being one of the all-time Super Bowl goats. So it's hard to have that on your resume and still be regarded as among the top of the top. But the the Dolphins didn't hesitate when the opportunity came to get him. And uh you can't I mean really the Dolphins the Dolphins are scary. The biggest question is can the quarterback stay healthy? Yeah. They could be awesome this year. And the Bills The Bills might not make the playoffs this year, folks. The team that finishes second in the AFC East might not get in. You may have to win that division, and the Dolphins may be the team to do it. All right. Uh, You mentioned Patrick Sertain, and I don't know who the best receiver is there in in Denver, and there's already talk that maybe it could be, like, the three amigos again. Remember when they had that in the 80s? Right. What was it? Vance Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph. Right. Who else?
3: No, Vance Johnson. Oh, Vance Vance Johnson. Johnson You're right. Mark uh, Jackson. uh, And and who else? No, no, uh, Ricky Ricky Nathiel. Ricky Nathiel.
0: Right? So, So,
3: Vance Joseph, Mark Jackson, Ricky Nathiel. That was it, right? Johnson. Johnson. Vance Johnson. Johnson. I keep saying that. Sorry. My bad.
1: (laughs) So, I'll go Jerry Judy. I'll go Jerry Judy. Okay. I'll go Patrick Sertain and Jerry Judy. You got to pick one of them. I'll go Judy. Okay. So, yeah. uh, That'll be some battles, assuming that, you know, the quarterback holds up his end of the bargain and can deliver the football, but we assume he can't assume he can't hard reset with Sean Payton there. Russell Wilson's great again. And uh Judy versus Sertain in practice.
3: And and it it ain't the first time they've gone against each other in practice, right? This is just continuing from Alabama. This is like, so I'm sure that probably does get a little personal because they literally, I'm sure know like each other where he's like, Oh, he likes to do this when I do that. So there's probably a real chess match that goes on. I'm sure they can get underneath each other's skin in a hurry there. Um, That's a good one by you. I think uh, I'm going to go down to Dallas next. You know, one, you know, Trayvon Diggs might be the best playmaker, DB in football, the guy to play the ball, make something happen, pick six, ball skills, right? His brother's an awesome NFL receiver. But Trayvon Diggs versus CeeDee Lamb, That'd probably be the other one there. C.D. Lamb last year, I think, finally came about to where we went, whoa, he's one of the better receivers in football. You know, he'd been good to that point, but it was a little underwhelming. Diggs, we know, had that rookie year. That was phenomenal. He can get burned every now and then, but, man, he can make plays too. He's got a lot of guts. Uh, that would be one to, to watch on a daily basis. Yeah,
1: I agree with you. That one was on my list, and and we went through this. I don't know that you were on the show that day. It was Miles Simmons. We were looking at the best number 2 receivers in football, and it's weird in Dallas because Cooks is the one who's got the money, Brandon Cooks, but C.D. Lamb's the better receiver. He hasn't been paid yet. It's just kind of a weird time in Dallas, and they need to get C.D. Lamb paid for that reason. Next one for me, man, I got a few here. I'll go Darius Slay and A.J. Brown. And I know they tried to run Darius Slay out of town until they kept him around and tweaked his contract, but veteran savvy corner who's still – is really damn good and yeah. handled Justin Jefferson pretty well last year when they got together in week two against A.J. Brown, guy who came in and really supercharged that offense. Uh, that's my next one.
3: Yeah, Darius Slay is – I mean, he's like – he's he's kind of an anomaly. I mean, Darius Slay, what he's doing, I don't know if he gets the attention he deserves for being the age in which he is and then still being a really unbelievable man-to-man corner. I mean, usually when guys get towards that age, they can't match up with the number one receivers in football anymore. They can still maybe good players, but, you know, you got to, oh, it's man-to-man, we don't want him against the best guy, or they play more zones than mans or whatever, but... Darius Slay has continued to keep his explosiveness at an elite level, and he's he's pretty damn good still. He really is. That's a good one by you. And then A.J. Brown, to me, I don't know, Mike. I'm I AJ Brown to me last year, he he injected himself in the Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill conversation to where he's in that class. Uh so it's a good pick by you. All right. I'm gonna do a new one here. I'm gonna give one that like you know, I we, we haven't even seen one of these guys in live action yet, but I'm going out to Seattle, right? With the with with the with King Kong of receivers, DK Metcalf, muscles growing out of his ears, like just this huge, gigantic presence, right? And then you got Devin Witherspoon, like this Tasmanian devil psycho corner who's a little undersized, but the most explosive. I don't care about my body I've ever seen in my life. That that to me would be, and they both got mouthpieces and some energy and look like they'd fight anybody on the planet. So Devin Witherspoon versus DK Metcalf would love to see that in a Pete Carroll Seattle Seahawks practice.
1: I know, but at a certain point, size just provides an edge that can't be overcome by Devin Witherspoon. I know David took down Goliath, but there's no – rocks and slings it's out not on the, the size theater. of the
3: dog in the fight mike it's the size of the fight in the dog okay
1: at a certain point though it's jeff van gundy riding around on alonzo morning's leg really
3: how dare I mean- you devin witherspoon that's him saying that all right that's that guy oh you see him we're gonna get him but we haven't seen it yet though <laughs> so we'll
1: see prove us wrong uh and they love him they love him uh they would have taken anthony richardson if he was there at five but they love devin witherspoon i i uh i got another one that we've never seen before yeah that And I'm assuming that he's going to be good to go. We haven't seen him on the field yet, but I'm assuming when training camp starts, OBJ is going to be out there Uh-oh. battling Marlon Humphrey mm. all
3: the time yeah.
1: to see if OBJ still has it, to see if Humphrey still has it, to see who gets the better of the two.
3: Yeah, I, I uh, That's a good one by you. I mean, Marlon Humphrey, to me, is one of the most underrated DBs in football. A little bit because, like we talked about with Xavier Howard, he's put in such tough positions that people go, oh, look, he got beat by that guy. And I'm going to go, he had a cover, like a guy that ran 4-3, 40 snaps in a row all over the field. He's going to lose a battle every now and then. OBJ's a man on a mission. You're right. That's going to be intense, in your face. And they both talk, and, uh, and we know it's the Ravens, and there's always intensity there. That, that would be an awesome one to see.
1: By the way, if you happen to notice, my allergies, like, this is a weird year for me. I take an asthma medication, I take Claritin every day, and oh. the pollen is winning. Wow. And I don't know what to do about it. Well, maybe it's it. And not it the pollen. It just happens. It is. It's, it, what do you mean? Well, what maybe else? it's it, something it, else. It just, well, but it just happens out of the blue. Like, I'm perfectly fine, and then all of a sudden... It just kicks in. So I've been dealing with that. And thank God I have a box of Kleenex up here because I don't have sleeves today. Uh, All right. uh, Thank you.
3: (laughs) Have we done done three rounds? Yeah, we did three (laughs) rounds. Round four is you wiping your nose on your sleeves. Thank you very much.
1: No, no. I've got uh, a full box of Kleenex. So who didn't make the list? Who else did you have?
3: Uh, Another one that jumped out to me was uh, Jair Alexander and Christian Watson. Right? Yes. That would be one that was up there with me. I, and I got some ones like uh, A.J. Terrell in, in in Atlanta with Drake London. Right? I threw yep. that up there. And then, of course, we had Sauce Gardner and Wilson, which was this the draft was framed around them. We didn't pick them. So we've got to make sure we, got, we make that known there.
1: Yeah, it was the Sauce Gardner-Garrett Wilson Memorial draft, even though they were in kindergarten when Aaron Rodgers was a rookie. I also had... Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I was
3: looking at JC it. J.C. Jackson, Mike Williams. Oh. That was another one. I had that was Denzel on my list. Ward and Amari Cooper. Uh, Denzel yeah. Ward, and Amari Cooper. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think we hit all, on all the the main ones there. At least the the sexiest ones that we got out there. I don't think there's any other ones that we're missing that are truly like. Oh wow, there was a shutdown corner and a big time receiver on the other side that we're not thinking about. I think a lot of teams have one or the other. That's what you kinda of come to in a lot of a lot of these conversations, right? You just says, Oh, they got Devontae Adams, but wait, there's no corner there that we can say can match up and practice like that or even the Bengals, they got some good corners but not worthy of like, you know, some of the guys we've talked about here.
1: And in Minnesota, I think they actually have some corners on the roster. I can't name many slash any at this point. (laughs) I can name all the guys they got rid of the last two years. So, yeah, who's – I mean, how, how is iron sharpening iron in Vikings practice? Who in the hell is covering Justin Jefferson to make him better? Uh, We're yeah. two right, segments
3: in on a Monday, and you've complained about the Vikings in both. woo Hey, happy they did, they offseason, did, Vikings. <laughs> they did draft the kid from USC whose name
1: currently escapes me, who's, who's battled in practice with Jordan Addison, so that's something. So yeah. They're doing what they can right. to try to improve, to try to— lift themselves out of purple. Keep telling yourself that. take a break. Sure. (laughs) When we return, how can Jalen Hurts improve over the spectacular season we saw last year? His head coach recently weighed in. We'll discuss that next year on this Monday edition of PFT Live.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Mick crispy So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
2: of a detour.
0: So this time last year, you had noted a jump in Jalen's accuracy and decision-making. I'm curious. You know, now, at this point, is there
2: something that he had worked on in the off-season that you're starting you now? Yeah, I, again, Jalen maybe the most coachable person i've ever been around in my life um and that and that i mean he's just always looking to get better now that's our job as coaches to make sure we're feeding him good information he's so coachable like he just keeps getting and he just keeps getting better and he keeps getting better and he keeps getting better and so i do i see another another jump in in everything um that he's done um with the accuracy with the with the decision making um I mean, we're in, we're doing seven on, seven on seven, so there is no rush. So you know, there's no no pass rush except for the guys that are walking at, the, at them with the bags, but. Um, you know, Peter, our equipment manager, is not going to make a sack on him in that particular case. But, you know, he, you know, but I do see, you know, his development continuing. And that's why we talk about with Jalen all the time. There's, there's, I don't know what his ceiling is because he just keeps getting better and he's going to continue to do that. And so I've seen that same jump, just, uh, you know, the decision, you know, the, the speed in which he makes his decision, his accuracy of his throws, I, I've really been, he's really had a good spring.
1: Imagine Jalen Hurts even better than he was last year. That is the path he's on. He lands at number seven on the Chris Sims top 40 quarterback countdown for 2023. Up 18 spots, 25 last year. I think he impressed and surprised a lot of people. And that coachability, you get better and better. Your ceiling keeps getting higher and higher because you're learning, you're improving, and you're constantly trying to find other ways you can improve, yeah. so it's amazing to think he can get even better, Chris. But I think he can, and I think he will.
3: Yeah, he's on he's on a, a trajectory of, of, of superstardom as we look at it right now, right? I mean, I think when you talk about him right off the bat, the first thing that comes to my mind when I studied him and you know I break him down to make the list, and then I get time to okay, now it's time to talk about these four or five guys. I break them down even more to write in depth notes. I think the thing I talk about right away is he, he's the ultimate gamer. That, that's for sure. You talk about just rising to occasion, loving the big moments, you know, just finding a way to win the football game, and I might not be pretty or what we've seen before, whatever it takes. There's that. And then I think you could certainly argue that maybe he's the best leader in the NFL. I think that's real when you talk about that. And then when you get on the field, here's the thing that I love about him, and I echo a lot of what Nick Sirianni said. Really, when you break it down and you watch, man, It's one good decision and one right play after another when it comes to Jalen Hurts. The right read, you know, the right, oh, RPO read. Okay, don't give it to the guy. I'm going to throw it here. The read option, wait, I'm going to keep it and run around the edge, right? The right decision in throwing the football. And then also within that, staying aggressive doing it. That's where, you know, there's still some work to be done in the throwing department. He's not Mahomes or Burrow yet. But when you talk about the deep ball, he's one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL. That's for sure. You know, he's got great accuracy. He understands how to throw it high and far and let guys go up and get it and go run underneath it, like you see here, just dropping it in a bucket perfectly to A.J. Brown. And then, too, Mike, he's got the also a great feel of just going like this. This wasn't a great decision, but when I say he's a gamer, he's just like, wait. You know what, I know there's two guys there, but I know my guy and I'm gonna put it in the spot, and my guy's a freak. I think he can just get it done. And then his ability to extend plays, we know that's special as well, whether he tucks it and runs it, or does what he does there and sets up and makes a throw. You know, those are things that he really improved greatly on. And even his short game accuracy got better. Like I said, it's not perfect yet. But we're seeing a guy that's, you know, continuing to go upward through great work, attention to detail, and I give I know I looked at it as the Jalen Hurts guy that questions him all the time, but I give him tremendous respect for what he's doing and how he's playing on the field. The skill set that defines the
1: modern quarterback, the ability to move, the ability to throw. The pocket passer, I'm not saying is dead, but it's dying. Because if you can't improvise, if you can't Take that play that's called, if nothing's there, and get out of the pocket and either run laterally or vertically or a little of both. Right. You're not going to be as effective as the other great quarterbacks are. That's become an indispensable tool. And we're seeing what started as the running, the passing is is catching up. And ultimately, you want the best balance. What what he has managed to do is exactly what Justin Fields needs to do. Exactly. To blend the mobility with – with improved
3: passing right, ability, right? Agreed, and it, it's uh, it's a great template for Justin Fields, and I think Hertz has done a great job of just staying on top of his mechanics. You know, and like I said, again, you know, I know some people look at my seven and go, "Whoa, that's low." Well, in my book, there's still things to be done here, right? You know, that that's where uh, there is the 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 throwing is still not to where you'd want it to be as compared to the other quarterbacks in the top ten. It's not. It's not on that level. You know, the next level for him is to get to the Super Bowl or do that and, you know, not be not let a team like the Chiefs or a team they're playing in the Super Bowl or a big game like that play them the way that he got played in that football game, right? You know, that's the next the next step in development. And what I mean by that, Mike, cuz you heard me say it at the time, he's awesome. He does a lot of great things, right? But That was a game there where I know he threw for 350 in the Super Bowl and was awesome and all that, but they played to stop the run. They sold out to stop the run, and the point I try to make to some people is when people go, well, wait, what do you mean? I want to go, you couldn't have played that defense versus some of the other quarterbacks in the top ten. You couldn't have done it. If you played some of those defenses against you know, a, a Burrow or even an Aaron Rodgers or whatever, they would have been like, what? You're going to play this and blitz me on second and eight with an all-run stop defense here? And that's where the next phase of Jalen Hurts' development comes this year.
1: The complication comes from the departure of offensive coordinator Shane Steichen, yeah. the Colts, where he's now the head coach. Brian Johnson, who was actually coached in high school by Jalen Hurts' that's father, amazing. is now the O.C., now you have an offensive head coach in Nick Sirianni, right. which I think helps that transition. But right. still, it's a change. It's one of the it's one of the costs of being on a great team. Your coaches end up leaving. The Eagles lost both of their coordinators as a reward last year for being so good.
3: Yeah, it's it's it's, it's part of the problem when you're awesome, like, like that. But like you said, I I don't think it's a huge worry. You know, they, they got a guy in Nick Sirianni who's an offensive mind. They know how they want to play. They'll continue to add ideas. But yeah, this is where it'll be an interesting year. We know they're the best team in football. We know that, right? And they got to the Super Bowl. And there's a lot of things that you love about them for sure. But the year will be different in the fact that, like we always talk about, there's going to be a bullseye on them this year. Their schedule is much tougher this year than last year, right, Mike? And as we always discuss, when you're a team like the Eagles and you were kind of groundbreaking and dominate football that way, everybody studies you in the offseason. So everybody steals some things from you on the offensive side of the ball, which translates to those defenses being able to practice it against it more. And then, of course, defenses study what you did a little bit too because they know, oh, wait, this is going to be the infad thing going forward that people are going to steal from the Eagles, and that's going to be a good curveball to see how they handle that.
1: Yeah, and watch out when it's time to do that fourth and short Ram Jalen Hurts into the line play because defenses are going to have some some reactions, some plans for that that could expose him to a greater injury risk. That's the other side of it as well. And I think the Eagles will benefit from maybe a little more in-season adversity this yeah, year. Yeah, push them a when little. When you think of how easy they had it to yeah. get to the Super Bowl, they blew out the Giants, your New York Giants blew them off the field embarrassed them dare I say which is exactly exactly what they would have done to the Vikings frankly <laughs> if the Vikings had made it that far if not worse against the Vikings and then uh the 49ers game it's over from the get-go because of the Brock Purdy injury I tried to dance around that topic with Howie Roseman in the conspiracy theory interview I did with him three weeks ago and of course he wasn't he didn't want he to hear it right in the bait right he wasn't taking the bait
3: but well, we were but saying the point that, is yeah
1: but the point is, when you get to the Super Bowl against a team that has gone through hell to get there, yeah, that team's going to be in position to come back from ten points down in the second half. Whereas you've had it kind of easy, and you know there was those couple of moments. I know we're getting off track here, but I'm. No, you right. There was a couple of moments in the second half where killer instinct wasn't there. And they got
3: killed. No, you're right. And they it was the first time they got punched back in the mouth. And like we heard from A.J. Brown, it was the first time where they looked up and went, wait, we could lose this game, right? They hadn't been in that position. You know, the last few weeks of the regular season, it really meant nothing. Hertz was a little banged up, right? He played the last game a little bit, of, the, but but it wasn't like an essential win, must win type of situation. Yeah, you said it, right? Divisional playoff game, playoffs were a cupcake. It was easy. So, yeah, it it worked against them, but uh, we know they're going to be right back in the mix of things, that's for sure, with that team.
1: Next on the Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown, a quarterback who took a huge leap in large part due to the fact that he actually had an NFL head coach in his second season. Out was Urban Meyer, who never should have been there in the first place, in Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. All the way up, Chris, to number six, the Jaguars. Man, this is the highest – any Jaguars quarterback has ever been on your list, due in part to the first several, were all Blake Bortles, who couldn't get higher than 60. <laughs> now you've got a guy at six.
3: Yeah. Well, this guy's the man here, all right? I mean, I, I want to swear, my headline would be an effing specimen who has it all, and it's all coming together, so watch out. I mean, this is what I mean, Mike. I mean, watch some of these throws, you know? One here, I mean... First off, the quick release. We're talking about one of the quickest releases in football. And then, you know, got to the point here where you talk about backyard play. Oh, it's real. The dude can get outside of the pocket and make throws that only the special ones in the game can. He has the ability to be surgical or go, hey, guys, jump on my back. It's all good. I'll make it happen right here. Right? And then, of course, there's great leadership and confidence here. Oh, yeah, hey, we're only, you know, getting our asses beat in the wild card game. But no worries. Trevor Lawrence is here. He won't be phased. He won't blink. Oh, hey, getting the right audible. You can see how coachable he is. He understands things. Doug Peterson talked to us about this at the Combine, about how next level this was. It's just this is where he turned the corner After that London game against the Broncos where he missed a few throws, Mike, his play went into another stratosphere as far as clutchness, you know, high-level throws, high-level decisions, taking over games, and he learned how to control his fastball, Mike. That was the big thing, too. You know, he could really let it go and paint corners and hit the edges and, you know, hit the bullseye on the edge of the bullseye. That's where he really got special this year. And, yeah, I'd say watch out for Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars offense.
1: And Lawrence said it himself after the Jaguars turned it around last year. It was that Broncos game. He said uh, it was a turning point. I'll never forget how I felt in that locker room because I never want to feel like that anymore. I'm going to start taking care of the ball. I just want to be the player I know I can be, and I think it kind of flipped a switch in me, and that switch was flipped. And the guy just looks yes. like a superstar. Yes, He looks like every once in a while I'll say, man, that guy looks like he was built in a lab, and I mean it in a bad way, like Frankenstein's lab. This guy looks like he was fashioned out of granite. He's got the giant Takiyo Spike's neck. He can do it all. And like like you said, we're just scratching the surface on what We wet. are he can do. I think both he and Jalen Hurts have a ceiling that's out there yeah. that is going to thrust them. Like right now we say Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, but one or both of those two is going to make it a little uncomfortable for the top three.
3: Yeah, we're we're kind of in a we're kind of pretty special era here. You know, I know I know we're through my uh, we're in the you talk about the top seven quarterbacks, you go, damn they're you know, I know we're not gonna get into the rest of these guys today, but they're young, they're talented, they're in their prime. And for like a guy, Trevor Lawrence, you know, you, you look at him, it's a game changing arm. You talked about the specimen. You know, as I've said about a few guys in, in this whole list, he's one of a few in the league that can throw over the line of scrimmage with people in his chest and his face and still go, Oh no, I see Evan Ingram ten yards down the middle. It doesn't matter. I can throw over you and raise my arm. That's where he's really good. Now, I think the next level for this guy is just like total ownership of the offense. I think you're going to see more of what we saw like in the playoff game against the Chargers. They're going to get him more at the line of scrimmage. He's going to get them in the right plays. And I think you're just going to see more special moments where, you know, we forget like he threw a ball in the divisional playoff game 65 yards in the air that hit Christian Kirk right here on the four-yard line. And if he catches that ball – that game was going to be very, very interesting. They're extremely talented, and he's uh, extremely talented, and and the Jaguars are going to be a force in the AFC.
1: And they're still flying under the radar because we're just like the Bengals. It took us a while yeah. to come to terms with the fact that you see that uniform and there's a good team inside that uniform. The Jaguars are going through that now, too. Even though they had that 2017 season where they – Almost got to the Super Bowl. That was back when they wore those awful two-tone helmets. But now you see the Jaguars, and you need to take them seriously. And I'm looking at this array of weapons he has. Uh It really is. Yeah.
3: You talk about. You've got Calvin
1: Ridley now, who who came over from Atlanta and has been reinstated following the gambling suspension. He was on track to be a great receiver. Christian Kirk lived up to the money he got. Zay Jones is there. Evan Ingram still hanging around under the franchise tag. Travis ATN at running back. And you know what? All due respect to the other guys they have, and I know uh they 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 have got several other running backs. It just kind of occurred to me, man, if Dalvin Cook's looking for a place where he can go play for a contender and be a nice compliment and, and extend his career and not be the guy, I mean you could balance it out with ATN. Oh. That would get a lot of people's attention if all of a sudden Dalvin Cook's wearing Jaguars.
3: Right, it, it would. It would. You know, that, that might be one where that he'd go. Wait, that's a, I got to take a little too much of a backseat to this guy. I don't know if I want that one. And I think. I think at the end, he 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 got it going there towards the end of the year last year. Where you start to go, ooh, watch out for him, right? But you, you're saying it right. It's a special group they got here, and they got a line to go with it. They do, and a defense to go along with it too. You know, the one thing with, with Trevor Lawrence, I just, I just go, it, it's whatever he wants. Trevor Lawrence has the type of talent to be the number one quarterback on my list of one day, at one day. You know, it's little things about his game that got to improve. It's like, oh, wait, I know it's this coverage, right? Don't, let me, don't sit on this read so long, right? Just get off of it. You know, kind of look over there to move the defense and boom, go there. You know, that's the right thing to do. It's little things. It's, it's very coachable things for him to take that next step. And that's where I'm excited for Trevor Lawrence.
1: And from a business standpoint, it's happening at the perfect time for the Jaguars because they are commencing the process of trying to shake roughly a billion dollars in taxpayer money for the stadium renovation. Helps to have a good team around. Helps to have a Trevor Lawrence around. Helps to have a lot of great players around. Makes folks a lot more willing to do everything they can to prevent a relocation to London because that is the obvious or else that doesn't even have to be uttered by the jaguars they're going to get what they want if this team keeps playing the way that it is and if trevor lawrence keeps developing the way that he has let's take a break when we return the patriots haven't had a 1000 yard receiver in three years could that be changing with a guy that they'll be visiting with later this week more pft live right after this There's DeAndre Hopkins in Nashville, Tennessee, visiting with oh, the Titans.
3: Look at that! They got him in the the all sorts of stuff. Yeah, there. they got him in the for. nice like van with a TV screen. And He's getting sandwiches recruited here, man. college recruit? Wow! That's
1: how it goes? That's how it goes? But you know, Mike Vrabel said it last week. I don't do. The recruiting anymore that ended when i left ohio state champagne flutes in there as yeah well,
3: and so. i didn't even realize that's uh, hopkins on the picture in his in the titans uniform i didn't even realize that was him that's well done by the hey, titans ply
1: ply him with drinks and then get him to sign that's the way it works just <laughs> yeah. like at the casino right <laughs> Yeah, seriously right? that's how uh. it goes free <laughs> drinks free drinks now just sign right here okay so uh it's the titans now he's still in tennessee and then the Patriots next, assuming he gets out of Tennessee. That's one of the keys to free agency. If you want a guy, don't let him leave. But assuming he goes to New England, he'll visit there. That one still surprises me. I think back to the video from April when he's doing the nonverbal reactions to the various teams, and he did not seem to be interested in the New England Patriots. And Mike Reese of ESPN.com had an item yesterday. as has a great Sunday column that looks at all things Patriots, raising the question, is it a fit a guy who doesn't like to practice playing for a guy who is obsessed with everything you can ever do in practice how do you bridge this gap and make it work that's the big question i have
3: i I, i'm with you there too that question and then you know by all due accounts and again i know you know a lot of time has passed and maybe things are smoothed over but i i think we all thought that DeAndre Hopkins and Billy O'Brien weren't exactly, you know, best buddies when the the their little run in Houston ended, and they traded them to Arizona. At least that seemed to be the thought around NFL circles. So that's it's it's a double there, but but at the same time, you know, what, what does it make you do? It makes me think that they're a little worried about having dependable guys at the receiver position. You know, and you break them down, you go, yeah, it's they're they're pretty deep, but there's a lot of like. Other than Juju Smith-Schuster, okay, they got Devonte Parker, who's a good player, but we know he's had an incredible injury history throughout his career. So do they trust that? Tyquan Thornton, yeah, they got great hopes for him. He can fly. He's got three rockets up his ass, but he's frail as crap. He's frail, and he got hurt last year. So I think that's probably what they're is scaring them. Kendrick Bourne that was a little down last year too right so that that's where I could see them going you know hey Billy did you have a problem with DeAndre Hopkins oh you did all right well we need him so get it right Uh, you don't have a problem with it anymore all right suck it up Billy O'Brien and it kind of seems like that or feels like that to me Mike a little
1: look at that the top three receivers from yardage standpoint you got some tight ends in there Hunter Henry the past couple of years but the receivers have not been getting it done. The pass catchers haven't been getting it done post Tom Brady starting in 2020. So DeAndre Hopkins, a guy who could come in and make a difference. Here's one of the guys you mentioned, Kendrick Bourne, talking about the prospect of the Patriots adding DeAndre Hopkins.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan of DeHop. Um, it'd be cool. I don't really know with the gist of what's going on, but, yeah, he's, he's a great player. Why, yeah. what,
1: what, what what does he bring to the table? What did you, why are you a
2: fan of him? Just what he's done over his career and um, just watching him when I was younger and stuff. And he's just a great leader. So if if anything was to happen, he's a great leader. So, Would you, would you like to play with him? Yeah, that'd be cool.
0: He's been kind of outspoken, I
2: think, in the
3: past on social
2: media. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great player. So anything that'll help us win, I'm
3: good. <laughs> uh, that's a guy that's trying not to put easy on a smile. To do. Yeah, it's not.
1: Not not easy to do when you're trying to view everything as positive. You're trying to remember your intense media coaching from Bill Belichick, and don't say anything that you shouldn't say. And when you're out in the rain and there's an electrical cord attached to the microphone, don't touch the mic stand. I mean, can they Another have an umbrella? He... Can they bring it inside? I mean, <laughs> right. come on! I
3: mean, what? Uh, come on! Oh. <laughs> That's so New England right there. Oh, it's raining. It's all right. Great. We don't want the media. And we want it to rain on you media and player that's talking to the media. Uh, That really is. But yeah, you're, you know, here's the reality. If they add DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Somebody's getting a short straw. It's just the way it works. Right.
1: Just the way it works. If we put a new piece in this receiver room, somebody's out and it's either going to be somebody I'm friends with, or it's going to be me.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a tough spot. And and Kendrick Bourne, I mean, he's probably looking at it like that could be it could be me. It, he could be one of those guys. Underwhelming year, right? He's looking to bounce back and and have a legitimate role in the offense. He knows DeAndre Hopkins comes. Well, there's one less option for a role in the offense. You know Juju Smith Schuster and DeAndre Hopkins are gonna get the majority of the balls if they're on the roster. So then you go, where do I fit in? So we'll see. It's a big year for New England. It is. We know that. They're good. They're in a tough division, as you've talked about a lot. We'll see how good they can be and what they can do for Mac Jones and help that offense out.
1: I did see a report not that long ago suggesting that Bill O'Brien would be fine with Hopkins again, and presumably he would be or they wouldn't yeah, be scheduled I scheduled think a so. visit. Right. But, but I go back to what you said. I mean, there was just this undercurrent of tension, not yeah. flat-out hostility. I think there was hostility toward ownership back when DeAndre Hopkins was in Houston and rightfully so in some circumstances but but O'Brien you know the hard charging northeast f bomb dropping coach Hopkins a lot more chill and and the kind of guy who won't really say anything until you cross the line and then he's gone yeah. like that's it I'm done like I'll take it I'll take it I'll take it and then I'm done and it just it seems like if there's a broken fence there to be mended when you got other options it just seems odd to me and I keep going back to that that video that he did where they ask him about the Patriots and he looks off to the side. Unless that's his way of expressing interest, we no. both interpreted it yeah. as this guy doesn't seem to be interested in playing for the Patriots. He wants to play for the Chiefs or the Bills.
3: Yeah. Well but, yeah. And here he is. when yeah. he asked
1: about the Patriots. Watch this. Does this mean I want to go? Does this mean
3: how, where's the car that'll take me to New England? I don't think so. Yeah, well, you know, he didn't know that, you know, a, a lot of the teams were going to, you know, not be as interested in him as, as maybe he expected. I think that's that's the big thing. That's it, right? I mean, he certainly wasn't – we've seen him name quarterbacks and do this video as far as talking teams. He didn't name Ryan Tannehill and the Titans as a team he wanted to go play for and visit too, but it seems like op- options are limited and scarce, and maybe he's not getting the money he thought he would get, so – yeah, now comes the teams that are a little bit more desperate for your needs, and that might not necessarily be the best situation to win in statistics, but it might be the best money wise. You know, it's, it, I think it will work with New England. I do. Uh, I, they know how to use receivers. I think Mac Jones is a—he's the kind of guy that, yeah, not only is a good decision maker, but he's a good. Oh, this guy's covered. It doesn't matter. I can hit him anyway. Type of thrower, and I can see that where it, it could it could work as a nice marriage.
1: Mike Reese of ESPN floated yesterday ten million dollar base with two to three million in incentives, and it was couched as throwing a dart. But you know, we know how the sausage gets made. I don't think he pulled that.
3: Yeah, number I'm sure out he's heard it air. from somebody. Right.
1: So 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 if that's what the Patriots would offer. What would it take from the Bills or the Chiefs to get him to say, I'll go there instead? I mean, surely he would go to one of those teams for less than what the Patriots would offer, I would think, but who knows? And he's got every right to earn top dollar if that's what he wants to do. We all think that every player wants to win a championship. Championships don't pay the bills. Cold, hard cash pays the bills. And you only have what you emerge from your career with. But if it was, you know, Chris, if it's you and you're looking at 10 with another two or three in incentives what would it take for the bills in your mind and what would your guess be? What would it be for you to get you to say, yeah, I'll
3: just go to Buffalo instead yeah, nine yeah eight yeah I think so probably right around there. I think it's a lot to give up. I know it's, well, you know there's I think what comes into play here and you know I don't want to get too personal but it's just how smart have you been with your money? He's a guy that made a lot of money in his career How much has he got saved up you know is it a is it a huge difference maker there? You know, and then like you're talking about, you're, you're also the the risk of wait, but it could potentially end up in something better here with the Bills. Even though I took two or three million less, I could end up with 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns, and then somebody wants to pay me 15 or 18 million dollars the next year again. So that's where you know I would I would say that Mike eight or nine. If somebody were like, oh, the Patriots are offering me 10, 11, 10 and a half, 11 million dollars, and I went, ooh. Okay, all right, I like that. Oh, wait, the bills are offering me eight. Uh, I'd go okay, i'm gonna take I'm gonna roll the dice on that and go with the team that I think can maybe win the Super Bowl, but definitely he's gonna feed me the ball a lot. one year deal and try to get that clause of no tag
1: that that allows you to get to the open market when the money is there. He got delayed this time around. If he'd have been on the open market back in March, he'd have been in a better position to get something closer to what he would like to earn for 2023. Let's take a break. When we return, Vaughn Miller, yet again, holding a pass rush summit. He had some things to say about his health as the 2023 season approaches. We'll do that next year on PFT Live.
2: If you were an action hero, who would I be? Uh probably like uh, Iron Man. Not Hancock,
0: I'd be Hancock. <laughs> I think I would want to be Superman. I like
2: Superman. Say Batman, I grew up watching all the movies. I'd probably want to be Spider-Man, I think Spider-Man's pretty cool.
0: Spider-Man. Oh yeah, I want to be Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I'd probably just be Flash. Maybe I'd be like the Flash, I wish I had super speed. The Incredible Hulk,
3: I like to smash things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's well done. Very well done. Uh, you know who I'd be? I'd be Doctor Doom.
3: Oh, we know that. Yes, yes. Living underground somewhere in a cave. It's a, I, I want to. I mean, wouldn't you want to be someone that flies? Look at how well that mask fits fits, uh, fits you too. It's amazing how good your eyes are. Perfect there. It's a really good job by you. You look good, man.
1: <laughs> um. What, what, what superhero would you be? I, I want to be a man. I, you're
3: kind of already built that way. I, I want to be somebody that flies. I mean, don't you want to be someone that flies? I mean, that just seems too fun to pass up. So that's where I kind of get stuck into that, where it's like Superman or Iron Man. Am I missing anybody else that flies? It's one of those two. So that's where I, I kind of tend to lean.
1: Well, but Superman naturally flies, Iron Man has a suit that allows him to fly. Right. So, right. You would want to have all the powers from the red
3: sun of Krypton. I guess so. Uh, I'd rather have that. I don't want to be relying on some, you know, whatever thing although, on my chest that it could go.
1: Although although maybe the red sun in New York last week has given you superpowers you don't realize <laughs> you have. Okay. Uh, so Von Miller had his seventh annual pass rush summit where all the pass rushers get together and conspire for ways to get to the quarterbacks. He's going to hand the reins to Max Crosby next year Whoa. to take charge of it. Most importantly, Miller said he expects to avoid the physically unable to perform list and be ready to go week one. That's significant because, you know, we've been thinking the Bills would maybe try and maybe they still will try to ease him in slowly and have him maybe stand down and ensure that he'll be healthy when they get to the postseason.
3: Yeah, I think that's got to be priority number one. Now, whether they want to do that and put him on the pup and then just put him on ice until week six or seven there, or, you know, do they want to let them play and just go okay you know we're, we'll let you play week one but you only play 15 snaps and we let you play week two but you only play 20 or 25 snaps can they be disciplined in that approach and really do that and have the player buy in those would be the two ways that, that it could go in my opinion uh, be interested to see where it goes either way we know it's be careful that's the number one thing
1: I by the way you already are a superhero you are Captain Planet
3: Thank you. Exactly. That's right. How could we forget? Long ago. Right. And I'm not very good well at done. it because the planet is falling apart and I am getting creamed. You're creamy. jacked there. Yeah. That is far. That is far. No. Oh, wait. <laughs> See, I'm flying. Look yep. at me. Around the earth I go. Hey, look. There's the Middle East. There's lots of oil there. It's not good.
1: It It is more eco-friendly, though, to just be thrown in the ground. Not to <laughs> cover Cover ground from last week. But <laughs> yes. More PFT Live right after this. Eric Carmona, the Dolphins superfan and staunch defender of Tua Tonga-Vailoa, founder of Tuanon, died recently at the age of 30 in an automobile accident. The GoFundMe page set up to support his wife, Vanessa, and their four children. Over $100,000, closing in on $110,000, $10,000 of which coming from Tua Tagovailoa. For full details on how you can support the carmona family check out profootballtalk.com where we have links to the gofundme page and we'll be back with more pft live right after this so chris i don't know if you saw this but manchester city completed what they call a treble on saturday winning the champions league manchester city also won the premier league and the fa cup which is the england tournament where all the Leagues are together right. for kind of like an elimination thing. Yeah. So congratulations to Manchester
3: City on winning the treble. It's pretty amazing. Uh, the, the tri- I, it was a new one for me, too, the treble. I, I hadn't heard that phrase. I mean, anything with three, I always just go the trifecta, right? So, you know, good, good on uh, England to teach me the English language once again. Thank you for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, treble for me was that, and still is, that little dial that, you know, makes your music. Sound. exactly
3: right yeah does it do yeah it makes it higher yes exactly so. makes it like the more high pitched right isn't that the treble
1: yeah i always like to crank up the bass i like that that feeling of the vibration this this segment is taking a path <laughs> that i didn't expect so uh is there
3: any a
1: comparable football related treble Feet I think short so. Of
3: winning three straight Super Bowls, what? Well, I'll I'll think of the damn team that you try to bring up in every segment in, in the sh- history of the show, the Vikings. I look at your receiver, your receiver has a chance to get the treble, right? Receiving yards, touchdowns, and receptions. JJ, you know Justin Jefferson, he'd be one right off the bat that I would think maybe in the in the leader house with that kind of conversation. Back in 1975,
1: Chuck Foreman, the Vikings' running back, had an opportunity to finish with the most rushing yards in the NFC, yeah. the most receptions, and the most touchdowns, and he came like five yards short because he took a snowball to the eye in Buffalo in the final game of the regular season. Uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, half the game. I
3: could see like so Christian McCaffrey full year, right? Lead he could lead the NFL in rushing. Lead the running backs and receiving. I wouldn't be shocked if he got a thousand, a thousand, and had some touchdowns. He'd be one I throw out there. And then how about this one? Vikings missed the playoffs. Cousins benched. Florio rants on purple purgatory. I think that was a good treble. I think that's very realistic.
1: That I think that that's probably going to come to fruition. before too long. Thanks for some of your time. See you on Tuesday. See ya.